The dynamic of the NFC and the NFC South may have shifted just a little bit with the trade of Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. Chris Godwin might just be ready for week one against the Cowboys. And where does the Bucks roster stack up against the rest of the NFL? Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, finally reunited with my co-host, one Mr. David Harrison. You can check out all of his written work over with Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. Check out mine over at SBNationsBucksNation.com. And, of course, follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Yeah, thanks again, guys, for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. And I say guys, non-gender specific. Ladies and gentlemen, all are welcome. The Carolina Panthers have themselves a new quarterback in the form of the beleaguered former Cleveland Brown, Baker Mayfield. I know what beleaguered means. Um, I look forward to the new commercial of Baker Mayfield moving, having a housewarming party. Um, And I also look forward to week one Cleveland Browns in Carolina because if there has ever been a more motivated guy to learn a brand new playbook, it is one Baker Anthony Mayfield. I don't know if that's his actual middle name. If not, it should be because that means his initials are BAM. BAM. That's exactly. Awesome. Uh is it too early to flex that game into Sunday night? I I I think that if it is, that the NFLPA and NFL need to enact a new rule to allow week one flex games because that needs to be a thing. Yeah, because that would move the Buccaneers and Cowboys out of Sunday night football, which means you and I get to go to bed at a normal time. Yes. That would that would also be nice. Um James, did you know that Sam Howell, Washington Commanders, future franchise quarterback, uh, got a lot of NFL draft comparisons to Baker Mayfield? Uh, I think I heard something about that. Yeah. So, so since you cover the Buccaneers, you don't have to worry about quarterbacks in the NFL draft. So Sam Howell got a lot of Baker Mayfield comparisons in the NFL draft buildup and went in the fifth round. Baker Mayfield also will be joining his new team thanks to a fifth round draft pick as well. I find that interesting, but the Carolina Panthers getting a new quarterback is the story here. Um, I got asked on a radio show actually yesterday when this trade went down, James, if this automatically makes Baker Mayfield the starting quarterback in Carolina, I want to pass that question on to you as well. Uh, Yes. Okay. My question, my answer was no. How? Please explain. So here's why. Here's why. And, And here's the caveat. I don't know how complicated Matt Rule's offense is. Now, he's coming from the college game, and no offense to college kids, but you assume that it's probably not super complicated because of that reason, right? But Matt Rule's offense coming from the offensive game, and again, he may have developed even more in the NFL, got it. That's really the only hurdle here because the way that NFL offense has been designed nowadays, like there is so much language, so many calls, checks, all of these things that quarterbacks have to get used to. I mean, you remember talking to Tom Brady, right? And he mentioned kind of how having to learn this new language with Bruce Arians' offense and all these things and how it really took, I think, what did he say, like week six of 2020 to really start feeling comfortable. And maybe it was actually more closer to the bye week uh, now that I think about it. 
so that's my question because Sam Darnold, what he, the advantage that Sam has is that he knows his playbook. He knows the scheme. He knows the calls, the checks, all these things, right? So my my concern, my question is, you know, it's, it's already almost mid-July. Baker Mayfield's got to be in training camp in less than three weeks from the day that we're recording uh, this episode. You assume he got the, the playbook digitally, you know, yesterday or on, on Wednesday when this trade was made final, uh, maybe even a little bit earlier if, you know, they knew they were going to hash out these details. So I'm sure that he's busy studying this playbook because he wants to be on the field week one. He has to. But my concern is just if he can't get just because of the the levity of it, the, 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 the thickness of it, if he can't get the, the language down super quick, maybe Sam Darnold does have to start like weeks one through maybe even up to four. No, I, I will strongly, strongly disagree with that take because I would make the argument that Baker Mayfield knowing 15% to 20% of the playbook gives you a better chance to win with a condensed playbook than Sam Darnold does with a full grasp of the offense. Sam Darnold is awful. And Baker Mayfield, love him or hate him, he's a good quarterback. And he will – he firmly puts the Carolina Panthers, along with hopefully for Panthers' fans' sake, Christian McCaffrey staying healthy. That'd be nice. Baker Mayfield being the quarterback in that offense with Christian McCaffrey, with DJ Moore, with Robbie Anderson in a weak, weak NFC, they are now a wild card contender. I firmly, firmly believe that they have some solid pieces on the defensive side of the ball. They have yeah. some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And Baker Mayfield is a good enough quarterback to get them into the playoffs. Could it be like a Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia Eagles situation where they squeak in at the seven seed and then get trounced by the Los Angeles Rams, who are the two seed? Absolutely. But that's way better than what Sam Darnold was going to do, which was going to be what, like three and 14, four and 13, battling it out with the Atlanta Falcons for just being absolutely terrible at the bottom of this division. So I would say the moment this trade went through, Baker Mayfield is your starting quarterback. It doesn't matter how dummied down the playbook has to be. He still gives you a better chance to win than Darnold does. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I take that more as a downward take on Sam Darnold than I do an up take on, on Baker Mayfield. But like you said, Baker Mayfield is a solid NFL quarterback, and I think he a lot of that gets lost in the mix with his personality and all this other stuff, which I think is ironic because everybody, and I mean everybody, fan, media, Everybody wants players to be more honest. That's what we hear all the time. Like you just get the the canned answers and oh, it's annoying and all that stuff. Baker Mayfield comes out and he's honest, and everybody wants to crucify him for it. So I, I think that's ironic uh, from you know some of our fellow media members and, and fan bases uh, as well. Look, at the end of the day, Baker Mayfield once once he is capable of executing the playbook, hands down a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. So no matter what, Baker Mayfield is the top quarterback in Carolina. My only question is just how quickly can he become that from an execution standpoint? X's and O's, and again, I I guarantee you uh, he's probably too busy to reshoot those commercials because he's too busy studying uh, his playbook right now. But James, real quick, let's 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 really quickly do this. You know, kind of spur of the moment. Let's let's re rank the quarterbacks in the NFC South. Then, Uh, obviously, Tom Brady is number one, so no need to debate that. But who's your number two? I think right now it's still Jameis Winston. I think the improvement that we saw from Winston last year before his injury lends credence to the fact that he's a 
viable quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Do I still think he's going to make some Winston-esque mistakes? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But he did show that he was a much more controlled and a little bit better decision maker in his limited time as a starter before the injury last year. So I say he's he's the number two quarterback. Okay, so training camp to week one. I agree. Jameis Winston is is the is the, the number two quarterback in this division. Let's talk week nine. Back half of the 2022 regular season. Baker Mayfield's now been with the Carolina Panthers for a couple of few months. He's got nine to twelve games under his belt, depending on how much preseason action he gets. Now who's quarterback number two? I'm Still going to lean Jameis. Yeah, but it's closer, about, right? Yeah. It's about like this. I think Baker would be nipping at his heels at that point. Uh -huh. And this is a quarterback that took a awful Cleveland Browns franchise with wide receiver drama and issues at the head coach and, and issues with the front office and everything and got them into the playoffs and beat the snot out of division rival uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he's a guy that can, that can lead the team that his – fellow offensive playmakers gravitate towards the team looks to to be a leader despite what Robbie Anderson said on Twitter trying to he's trying to clean it up now saying he was defending his guy yeah. uh, but that's going to be a, an interesting conversation I'd like to be a fly on the wall for that but I would say <laughs> Jameis and Baker I mean really throughout their career they're neck and neck they're really really similar quarterbacks so I would say just for at least this season all the way through, I would lean Jameis at number two and Baker at number three, but we'll see yeah. how it goes moving forward. I could take that. And then, of course, quarterback number four in the NFC South is uh, Kyle Trask. So that's just the truth. And, and we're going to talk about some more truths here, the possible truth that Chris Godwin may be coming back for week one of the NFL season. That's right. You heard us, and we're going to hear from the person who actually said those words here in just a moment. And we're going to do so thanks to Dave. Not me, but a company named Dave. This is going to make this ad read very, very uh, awkward, I think, at times for, for me to be able to do. But let's be honest here. We've all been in a situation at some point in our lives when we're a little bit tied on cash. Maybe we can only afford to put a few gallons of gas in the tank. Or you got another save the date card and you're wondering just how you're going to afford another wedding or birthday or anniversary or middle school graduation gift because that's a thing that apparently we do now. That's where Dave, not me, but other Dave, business Dave, can help because if you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. And now Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Again, not me. Don't ask me for money. Hindsight is 2020, and you can't change the past. But what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Dave is a banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash that's more money to fill your tank buy a wedding gift or catch up on some bills you can finally tackle those expenses that you've been stressing out about without any hang-ups there's no interest and there's no credit check needed millions of people have already downloaded the dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash so if you're in a pinch and need some extra help download dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you download the dave app from the app store right now that's d-a-v-e Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you will thank present you. I guess it would be past you by then, wouldn't it? Thank you again for making the Locked on Bucks podcast your first listen or first view every single day. Once again, I will not be able to give anybody money. So... 
download the app. Don't don't download my Twitter handle. Um, James, there is some chatter going around about Chris Godwin, how her, how early he might be available for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the good news, if not great news, is that it could be sooner than everyone expected. Adam Schefter of ESPN's NFL Live was talking about Chris Godwin's ACL recovery. I'm sure he was talking about it very respectfully because Adam Schefter does tend to talk about players and their news respectfully, not. And that he definitely hasn't been ruled out of week one, which would be just 265 days, according to somebody's math, after that injury. Let's hear from Mr. Schefter himself. And my understanding is that they are hopeful. They don't know yet, but they're hopeful that he'll be ready for opening day. And so that's encouraging. They'll chart him, monitor him, track him during the summer, see how he's coming along. Obviously not going to rush him back. Probably would be surprised if we saw him in any preseason games. And I think the goal will be to see if he's ready for opening day, which I don't think is out of the question right now. And that would be a big boost to an offense that we know for now is going to be without Rob Gronkowski, who earlier this offseason announced his retirement. So James, I'll go, I'll react to this this first from Adam Schefter. Um, I got to be honest here, and I don't I don't want to be too disrespectful. I'm making jokes, but believe me, they are they are intended to be jokes. Adam Schefter has obviously you know worked very hard to get to where he is and, and all these things. Um, I don't think this is news. I re- I really don't. Just the way that ESPN operates and the way that Adam Schefter as an employee of ESPN operates, I think basically what he is what he is saying is the obvious fact which is Chris Godwin hasn't been ruled out of week one because he hasn't been ruled out of week one because in order for him to be ruled out of week one he's probably going to go on the pup and the team has no reason to put him on the pup list yet because they don't have to yet right um so I just I just wonder how much of this is conjecture because Adam Schefter with everything that he's done if, if he has a source then he likes to say that he has a source you know what I mean if someone uh, a, a trainer from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has told him or has given him whatever, whatever. I just feel like he's kind of reading the tea leaves and manipulating them in a way that he can say this and draw some attention, which obviously it has because we're, we're talking about it and it's, it's a topic that needs to be discussed. I hope I'm wrong and I hope that he's got some sort of basis. The only reason I hesitate in saying that is one Cyril Grayson, if you remember, right, went on the Pewter Report podcast and mentioned that he felt like Chris Godwin was going to be the surprise of the season because he felt he was going to come back a lot sooner than he than people expect. But to go from like Thanksgiving, early December, ballpark return expectations to week one, mid-September, that's not just earlier than expected. That is an insane amount of recovery time. Just like Adrian Peterson revolutionized the running back position, uh, Adrian Peterson also revolutionized ACL surgeries. Whatever the ACL surgery is that he had, we've seen guys coming back earlier and earlier. It used to be minimum full calendar year you were gone. So if Chris Godwin is ready in week one, I'm not going to be surprised. Now, there's going to be a difference between Chris Godwin being ready and Chris Godwin being 100%. And I think it's still going to be a little bit into the season before we see Godwin at 100%. But I, I'm kind of with you. Putting together a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, you have Schefter saying that you know the Buccaneers are optimistic that he's going to be ready for week one. Well, you know, yeah, everybody's optimistic that he would be ready for week one or, or hopeful that he would be ready for week one. But then, yeah, you point out the the Cyril Grayson interview where he was 
talking about Godwin was running like 27 miles an hour on a treadmill. And you pointed out then that straight line speed. That's not what you're worried about. You're worried about digging your foot in and cutting and moving and, and twisting and, and hoping that knee doesn't buckle. But he said, you know, that Godwin's going to be back a lot earlier than people believe. So I think it's something that we, we really should keep an even closer eye on than yeah. we originally were going to. I, I would be really, really surprised if he ends up being ready for week one. I think it comes following zero preseason snaps. The very yeah, yeah. first snap he would get would be the first snap of the regular season for the Buccaneers offense. Um, Cause it would probably take him that long to make sure that he is comfortable enough to be in a game situation. And again, that week one, we might see 65% Chris Godwin, but I'll take a 65% Chris Godwin over about 85% of the receivers in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And look, uh, Jamison Williams, you know, uh, Alabama wide receiver, a former Ohio State wide receiver, by the way, um, first round NFL draft pick, uh, recently had an interview and said that he's being, he was told, quote unquote, five to seven months recovery time uh, from his torn ACL. Which is seven months is you know 30, 31 days per month ish on average. You're talking 210 or uh, yeah, 210 to 220 ish days or whatever. You know, rough math. Uh, and like you mentioned, week one for Chris Godwin would be 265 days. I actually mentioned it because you wrote it in the script. So like you wrote in the script, 265 days is more than seven months. You know, math uh, time and all that stuff. So I mean, look, uh, apparently it's it's a thing. I don't know. I, I'm a little weary about it still. I, I'm just wondering how close we are to being you know. Uh, Chris Godwin suffered a torrid ACL on Thanksgiving and will be back before Christmas. Like that would be insanity. Um, yeah. For that, we need Tony Stark and we're just not getting it. Listen, it can happen. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, if, if Jamison Williams, a rookie, you know, there's a big difference between college football and NFL football and, and NFL shape and college shape. Like Jamison Williams is out there and the team is allowing him to put out there a timeline of five to seven months, then there's no reason to think that Chris Godwin uh, maybe can't also meet the, you know, a similar type of timeline. So, I mean, uh, that's, you know, Hey, uh, take everybody who's smarter than me's word for it over mine. Well, and you even go back to Wednesday's episode when Evan Klosky and I were talking about Odell Beckham jr. Who said that he played the back half of last season with an ACL injury. I I'm 99% sure he said tear, but I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he was playing through an ACL injury until he really succumbed to it in the Super Bowl and, and could not play anymore. No. So, you know, these, these athletes, they're getting bigger, they're getting faster, they're getting stronger. And the medical marvels that, that we've seen over the course of David, just your and I lives, um, you know, guys coming back from these injuries that they never came back from before. And now they're doing it in record time. So yeah. again, something to continue to keep an eye on maybe a little bit closer than you would have before, because during training camp, during preseason, you'd be thinking, Oh, well, you know, Godwin looks good, but you know, he's probably still not going to play in week one or week two. Maybe we'll see him at the end of September, maybe the beginning of October, but now we're looking at potentially that primetime game against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Look to follow up real quick on what you just said, right? Players are bigger, faster, stronger these days. So that, 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 that won't kill Chris Godwin can only make him stronger. That is exactly 100% correct. Coming up in just a moment, we are going to talk about CBS sports ranking all the NFL rosters from one all the way down to lowly 32 
But first, of course, you know our friends at betonline.net are your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Get in on those odds early on for the Bucks to win the Super Bowl, the Lightning to win their third Stanley Cup in four years. Get those good odds before those teams start rattling off major, major wins and uh, you, the payouts go down and down and down. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including Major League Baseball, the PGA, and of course, MMA, boxing, and golf. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on a Friday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, Cody Benjamin of CBS Sports ranked every NFL roster from number one to number Atlanta Falcons, placing the Buccaneers fourth overall. So the Buffalo Bills, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Los Angeles Rams claim the top three spots. Buccaneers come in fourth in a list of NFL rosters, rounding out the top 10. For those of you watching on YouTube, you can see the full list here. For those of you listening on the podcast, the rest of the top 10 in order were the Cincinnati Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs, Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers, Philadelphia Eagles, and Baltimore Ravens coming in at number 10. Some other notable teams were the Miami Dolphins at 14, the Indianapolis Colts at 16, the New Orleans Saints at 21, Tennessee Titans at 22, Carolina Panthers at 23, and dead last, number 32, the Atlanta Falcons. So, David, I'm going to kick it over to you first. What are your thoughts on the Buccaneers placement at number four, and what are some other of these rankings that you kind of found surprising that uh, it just kind of makes you shake your head and go, why? Um, a couple things. First and foremost, I like Justin Herbert, and I am a, I'm a fan, you know, in, in the general sense of, of Justin Herbert and what he's shown so far in his NFL career. But this man hasn't even lost a playoff game because he hasn't even played a playoff game yet. Can we slow down on crowning Justin Herbert a little bit? Like it's Dak Prescott all over again, man. Like when, when Dak came out of Mississippi state, people were like, Oh, you know, he's going to be an average NFL quarterback at best. And da, da, da. And, and I was, I was higher on him. I was like, no, Dak's going to be a good quarterback. I mean, like Dak Prescott can do it. And then he came in the NFL and he proved to the Dallas Cowboys that they made a smart choice in them. Da, 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 da. And, and then people all of a sudden it's like, oh, Dak should be like the highest paid quarterback. And like all of a sudden now I'm, I'm over here having to kind of pull back the reins on a guy that I was actually championing at one point. The Los Angeles Chargers didn't even make the playoffs last year. Nope. But they're the number two talent. Like, did they who did who did they acquire this offseason that I'm missing? outside of like the NFL draft. I mean, I know they, they might've signed a guy or two, but like Devontae Adams isn't playing for the chargers. Tyreek Hill didn't go to like AJ Brown didn't go to loss. Like the top guys that moved Von Miller's in Buffalo. They didn't go to the chargers. Am I like, right? Like there's like, is there a top free agent that I'm missing that went to the Los Angeles chargers that just, that makes this big of an impact to take them from non playoff team to 
the number two team in the NFL? I mean, is this the point in time where I'm supposed to point out that with Derwin James, all things are possible and we're supposed to continue to crown him as the greatest living human on planet Earth? Uh, I mean, Derwin's got a lot of talent in him, but he, sure he does. You but, know, but he's got to stay healthy. You know, I don't I don't know, you know, honestly, what his recent injury history is, but like he's got to stay healthy. And, and, and again, like I just I just don't get it, you know, that like. I, we're just we're 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 counting, and I mean we as a media circle are we're counting on a whole lot of things to fall into place for the Los Angeles Chargers. Meanwhile, the Las Vegas Raiders, who you can point to like multiple areas on their roster, have gotten better. Are our number twelve? Apparently, the worst team in the NFC and or AFC West. You know, coming are about to happen. Like the Kansas City Chiefs are our sixth. Like the Cincinnati Bengals, who just went to the Super Bowl are the third best roster in the AFC, apparently. So they get no love for what they've actually done. But the Los Angeles Chargers get a whole lot of love for something that they've never done. They still haven't actually, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And honestly, even the Bengals being number five, let's all, let's all be honest, like a healthy Kansas City, a completely healthy Kansas City Chiefs team, it, it beats the Cincinnati Bengals. They, they just do. I just, I, I firmly uh, believe that. I mean, the Bengals, you know, uh, barely, barely got to where they were anyway, and they were the healthiest team in the AFC uh, down the stretch. I just, I don't, I don't get the 15th ranked since Cleveland Browns. Like Deshaun Watson's not going to play football till 2030. Like what? You know, where, where does that come from? Uh, and the New Orleans Saints again. Bucks fans are going to hate hearing me this, but or hearing me say this, but they're definitely better than the Jets, the Cardinals, and the Niners, as far as I'm concerned, and yeah. the Steelers. I'll even put them over. The Steelers, the the Dolphins, like the 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 New Orleans Saints probably have a top fifteen roster. If if I really dig uh, down deep into it, and uh, yeah, so just and, a lot of no. And I'm the biggest Saints hater that anyone's gonna find, and I'm like, really, all the way down at twenty one? Yeah. Are you kidding me? They still have a top five defense that yeah. alone gets them into the top fifteen. Let alone Michael Thomas coming back, the addition of Chris Olave. We don't know the Alvin Kamara situation, but that is for right. sure a top 15 roster. The Titans are better than the Jets, the Cardinals, the Niners, the Steelers. Why? Yeah. And you have to think that a lot of this list is predicated on the quarterback, right? So why in the world is Tua Tungavailoa all the way up at 14? Right. When he's ahead of, of teams, and I'm not sitting here crowning Mac Jones. But at least Mac Jones got to the playoffs. Right. You know, Jameis Winston was really good last year for the Saints. The Saints are a better team than the Miami Dolphins. Tyreek Hill does not make that big of a difference. The Indianapolis Colts, they upgraded their quarterback position. They already have the best running back in the NFL. They already have a really good defense. The Baltimore Ravens, they're better than... I would say they're better than the Cowboys. They're better than the Packers. And though everything that you feel about the Los Angeles Chargers, David, that's how I feel about the Philadelphia Eagles. Why do we keep seeing the Eagles? Yeah, they're too high too. So high on these lists, these yeah. power rankings, these rosters, that all of this. The Eagles are not top 10. I will take the Ravens. No. I will take the Broncos. I will take the Raiders. I would take the Vikings, the Colts, the Saints, the Titans, I'll take all of those over the Philadelphia Eagles. So as far as the Buccaneers are concerned, I don't think four is a bad spot for them, but I don't think the Chargers should be up at number two. I would maybe put, 
I don't know. Uh, maybe the Chiefs, a fully healthy Chiefs uh, in terms of roster above the Bucks, But even then, yeah. maybe the Bucks should be number three uh, behind the Bills and the Rams. I think that's fair. Um, but, yeah, there's no question to me that the Ravens are, are way too low. The Saints, the Titans, they're way too low. The Patriots are probably too low. The Dolphins are too high. This whole thing is a mess. Cody, yeah. Benson, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, look, Bills, Rams, Bucks being one, two, three, I'm good with. The order is going to be determined on how heavily how heavily you weigh certain aspects sure. of, of the team. Like that's just that's just the bottom line. Like that's just you know what I mean. Like there's you're going to make a case for any of those three teams to be number one, and you're going to be correct because you're going to weigh something heavier than you weigh another thing just based on wanting that team to be your number one team. But yeah, I mean, the Chargers. Like, look, I'd be okay with the Chargers being like a top ten. You know what I mean? Probably team on paper because I do think they have a lot of talent on paper. But uh, to to put them number two when when they haven't done anything uh, is is just it's crazy. It's it's crazy to me uh, to see that. And then also um, the Washington Commanders being twenty fifth actually seems fitting. So I that's that's what I have to look forward to this year. I wasn't going to say it, but I thought that was a good spot for them. (laughs) Yeah. I like part of me kind of wants to hope that it's wrong, but I kind of look at the teams ahead of them, like outside of the Carolina Panthers, uh, which mean, actually with Baker Mayfield, maybe, you know, cause this list came out before the trade. So like Sam Darnold, Carolina Panthers, I don't put them ahead of Washington, Baker Mayfield, Carolina Panthers. I might. So, but I absolutely put Washington above the jets. The jets being a top 20 roster is insanity. They belong. Is this a Madden? Is this a Madden ranking? I no. Because I really want to play with the Jets roster in Madden, but that's because it's pretend it doesn't actually count for anything. They it's going to be a lot of fun. Down at 29 with the other New Jersey team. And yeah, that's I also crazy. I also think the Bears is fitting. 30. Yes, unfortunately for Justin Fields. Yes, absolutely. He's, he, he's not I think the Falcons honestly should be 30th. I think it should go Falcons 30, Bears 31, Texans 32 because – I don't know who's telling people that Davis Mills could be a legitimate quarterback in the NFL, but that's a lie. And I blame Lovey Smith. Um, but Desmond Ritter could be Justin Fields could be functional with the right weapons around him. Uh, so that's why I would put them up there. And Daniel Jones is terrible. So actually maybe you need to move them down as well. Um, I'll take Davis Mills over Marcus Mariota. 26 to 32 should just have a play out tournament and the loser goes to the XFL. Uh, and the XFL champion moves to the NFL. That's what should happen. I'm I am 100% here for it, but we are out of here for this episode. We'll be back on Monday, but we thank you for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason does not equal a break in the action. If you have topics, questions, concerns, you want to criticize what we thought of the rankings, or you want to talk about what you think the addition of Baker Mayfield means to the Carolina Panthers in the NFC South, by all means, give us a call at 813-444-5841 or send us an email to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. Check out all of David's written work over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out mine 
at BucksNation.com. And of course, follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another, fire those cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.